Hey there, and welcome to Greenflower Nation, a show to explore and understand the impact cannabis is having in our society today. I'm your host, Max Simon, the CEO of Greenflower, which is the leader in cannabis education, and I'm a cannabis patient myself. On today's episode, we're exploring how cannabis is impacting food, both from the personal perspective of cooks who are now using cannabis in their meals and loving it, and also from the professional perspective of chefs who are building really interesting businesses around cannabis and food. It's going to be a delicious and eye-opening episode, so let's dive in. Most people are very curious about the concept of cooking with cannabis. It sounds, you know, so new and so novel and really just a ton of fun. But at the same time, most people I speak with about cooking with cannabis are also pretty nervous because just about everyone, and I'm sure that we could probably include you listening, has probably had the experience of eating some unknown dose of a cannabis edible and then getting way, way, way too stoned. And let's face it, that experience sucks. And it usually leads to a whole lot of people saying, I'm just not going to go down that path and do that again. And while of course that's understandable, it's really also a shame because consuming cannabis through foods and drinks is truly a remarkable, very effective, and oftentimes very enjoyable way to imbibe cannabis. It's cleaner on the system than smoking. It lasts much longer, which is particularly good for people dealing with pain or other chronic conditions. And it tends to have a valuable full body effect. So to learn more, we spoke with author, green flower contributor, and natural health expert, Robin Griggs-Lawrence. Robin was the editor-in-chief of Natural Home Magazine for 11 years and came to cannabis for her own personal health reasons. Now the author of multiple books on cooking with cannabis, including The Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook and Pots and Pans, A History of Eating Cannabis, Robin's on a mission to educate the masses about how to consume cannabis through delicious, healthy foods and drinks. I should probably also tell you that Robin leads one of our most popular courses on Greenflower called The Fundamentals of Cooking with Cannabis, which you can find at our website, green-flower.com. So Robin, what is it that brought you to cannabis in the first place? Well, I came as a patient in 2009 and I really hadn't had a lot of contact with cannabis in the past 20 years before that. I was a mom and I had a career and I just, it just wasn't something that was in my life. So I went to my first dispensary in 2009 and that was back in the day when dispensaries were all about the flower, you know, really kind of different from when you walk into a dispensary now and it's so much digital product. But back in the day, you know, it was really, you walked in and there were these jars of cannabis of flowers and you know they had names like blueberry and chocolate and and it was just like I just all of a sudden it dawned on me that this was an herb this was a vegetable this, this was a food, plant right? that you know didn't you didn't have to just smoke what had kept me from trying this which you know was really the only thing that worked for uh, my dysmenorrhea and for my uh, you know extreme PMS and you know I did not want to smoke it that just wasn't something that you know a volleyball mom in Boulder Colorado did so you know <laughs> 
I, I started to really look into this and, and realized, oh my gosh, you can cook with this and you don't have to just throw it into a box of brownie mix like we did in college because that never worked. Right. right. And, you know, it was just so it always seemed like a big waste of our cannabis back then. And I got online and I started to do a little research. And, and back in that day, it was really a lot of people on forums arguing with each other about what was the best way to do this. So I started reaching out to professional chefs, you know, be, mm-hmm. being a magazine editor, I, I kind of had access to people and I was able to start talking to them and getting them to talk to me about the real way to do it. And so um, I really had the benefit of getting to learn from from the best in the field and getting to learn the right way, which when you're cooking with cannabis, there's a couple of things that you need to know. And once you know them, you you know, you can you're off. You can you can have tons of fun with it, but you need to know the fundamentals. And so I, I really feel lucky that I got to learn those early on. And so let's just start with some of those fundamentals, because I'm pretty sure that most people, when they hear this concept of cooking with cannabis, they don't actually know what it means. Um, Like, you know, do I just throw some buds in my souffle and I've cooked with cannabis? So what what does it mean to cook with cannabis? When we talk about cooking with cannabis, and, and that is confusing for people, because what we're really talking about is extraction, right? What we want to do when we cook with cannabis is we want to extract from the plant the cannabis. The THC, the CBD, those are the the healing cannabinoids. You know, there there are hundreds or more than 100 cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. And all of them, when we get to do the research, we're going to find have, you know, very uh, specific things that they do for us. But for now, we know that THC and CBD are very healing and that's what we're looking for. So we can pull those out of the cannabis plant by extracting them into a fat because they're fat soluble. So we need to put the cannabis with a fat. Fat. fat like a butter or an oil, you mean? You can even use milk. Um, I use coconut milk all the time um, and that works great. And, you know, especially for vegans, um, that's a really nice thing. So you can use anything that's, you know, it's got to be fatty. We even use honey because it's got that viscosity to it that will pull it. But so you need to pull that and then you also need to heat it because in raw cannabis, THC is actually not THC, it's THCA or THC acid. And it needs a heat to convert it into THC. And that is the psychoactive, uh, you know, cannabinoid that we all know and love. Same with CBD. It's going to activate it so that you get more of the healing properties. So those are your two, you know, those are your two things. Basically, you need to mix it with a fat and you need to heat it. And then you have an oil or a butter or a milk or whatever that you can use to make anything. And that's the beauty of it. Once you've kind of mastered the art of extractions, which is not all that hard, you then have kind of the raw material to go anywhere. And I, and that's what I loved about learning this, learning about this, because so much of what you find in the dispensaries and everything these days is sweet and cookies and candies and sodas and brownies. And um, I'm not a big sweet eater. So this way I can make, I can make everything from a meatloaf to, you know, <laughs> um, kashi. I can make everything because I've got that, you know, basic raw material there. And I think that's a great question is to ask, why would someone want specifically to cook with cannabis or to use some of these infused butters and oils? What's really the benefit of becoming a cannabis chef? Well, you know, I think the first one that I mentioned earlier for myself was that it's the discreetness, right? Um, I cannot, you know, back in that day, I I guess I could now, but, you know, I still don't, I I didn't want to step out back and have a smoke. Even with vaping, there are issues. And if you're using it as medicine for any sort of medical condition, 
you want to consider you may not be able to smoke. You may not be able to take anything into your lungs. So this protects your lungs, keeps you away from the smoke. It's also, it's a different kind of high is, is the only way I can explain it. It's a slower to come on. It lasts longer. It's a little bit more in depth. And that is because it, your body processes it a different way, especially for people who are dealing with very severe, extreme pain and things like that. It's a way that they can get more medicine, you know, without having to just smoke their brain. Out. And, right. you know, I think the, the, the last thing is just, you know, whether you're a patient or not, it's fun. You know, it's really there is nothing more fun in my mind than uh, I think it's just so much more fun for um, a dinner party to have people enjoying infused food as opposed to getting wasted on alcohol. I just just a totally different mood and element and everything else. I just enjoy it. I think that that actually one of the main obstacles with people cooking with cannabis is that they're so afraid of this concept of, you know, taking too much or overdosing themselves. And so is it possible to avoid that if you're cooking for yourself or for other people? Boy, not only is it possible, but really you should. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing worse than eating too much cannabis food. Cannabis food has gotten kind of a bad reputation because everybody knows someone who's that has happened to, or, you know, maybe has heard the stories and all that. Yes, it's absolutely possible for that not to happen. And, you know, in Colorado, what we've been saying for the last 10 years is start low and go slow. And really that is, you know, again and again and again, um, you know, in, in Colorado now and in California and in, in many of the legal states, They've figured out that 10 milligrams of THC is basically that's a dose. And that would be like having a beer or a cocktail one. OK, so, um, you know, I think that the first the advice I always give to people when they're cooking their own cannabis food is, you know, you, you test it on yourself and you basically have one thumb one of your thumbs worth. That's it. And the first time you try it, that's, that's all you will have. And, and it may not, you know, it may not do anything to you and that's okay. Then you try again the next day. You know, the biggest mistake that people make is they try the food, a half hour goes by and they're like, mm, that didn't work. And they have more. And then all of a sudden it comes on and then it comes on again and it comes on exponentially. And it's horrifying. The biggest, biggest, biggest advice I can give to anybody is wait. And, you know, do not think, oh, it didn't work and eat more. If it didn't work, try again tomorrow and eat, you know, half again as much until you get to a point where you, you know, are comfortable with it. It's just it's got to be self-experimenting, I think. I'll tell you from my side, actually, even 10 milligrams is, is high for me. I usually end up with like a five milligram dose being kind of what's suitable for me. And so, you know, I think even that scale of start low is probably a little experimental. And I think it's probably also, you know, useful to help people understand that it, it does digest differently when you eat it versus yes. smoking it or vaporizing it. So can you talk a little bit more about what, what's different there and why that creates that kind of long extended effect? It's going through the liver. It's going to take longer to get through the blood brain barrier, right? Because it's going through all of the stomach and everything else. And it's going through the digestive system. So, you know, it's going to take longer. Then that means it's also going to be in your system longer right? It won't take immediate effect. It's going to take some time to get through there, but then it will be by the time it gets there more intense. And I think that's a really important thing because there are people who are daily 
all day smokers who will be like, I've got tolerance. I've got plenty of tolerance. And so they'll sit down and, you know, eat the 10 milligram thing and be like, oh my gosh, what just happened to me? It's a totally different tolerance. That again, that's one of the bigger problems that happens to people too, is that they come into it thinking, well, you know, I'm completely, you know, I, I got this. I understand cannabis. I've been smoking every day for, you know, since I was uh, 15. And it's just, it's different. And I think the other thing to really be aware of is there are so many factors. We get really focused on milligrams. There are so many other factors that come into play here. How fatty is the food that you're eating it with? That's going to make a difference in, you know, how much of it got absorbed and how your body's absorbing it. What is your set and setting? What's your mood going into that? That's going to be exacerbated. What have you eaten already that day? Your own body weight, your body chemistry. You could eat a whole piece of a cake and be like, you know, feeling fine and, and your neighbor could eat it and be on the floor. So I think we, we really have to be aware of the milligram, you know, as kind of a baseline, but we really have to pay attention to all the other factors that are coming into play as well. And so if somebody was going to start cooking with cannabis for the first time and they're brand new to this and they, you know, really need kind of some hand holding in the earlier stages, but they want to try it and they're interested and want to make sure they do it right. What's the safest step that somebody could take to get started cooking with cannabis? Well, I mean, I think I always suggest to people this method and, you know, you can cook with flour, you can cook with distillate, you can cook with any sort of wax. I really think that it's important to start with the flour just because it's just starting with the plant and you're getting the whole plant and all of that. And then you can move on to the fancy distillates and concentrates later. So I just always suggest to people, pick your fat. If you eat it, you can use butter. Olive oil is always great. Coconut oil is, is my go-to. And again, Again, be very, very conservative. I would do like a one to four, one part cannabis to four parts of your fat. Meaning like one gram of cannabis to four tablespoons? Yes, exactly. Do it, but keep moving it up from there, right? So if you want to do two grams of cannabis, then you would do eight grams of fat. Again, this is a personal thing, but I'm always advocating to people to start as low as possible. I would say that's a good starting point. It's also going to make a difference on how strong is your cannabis, right? A lot of times now you can buy it and there are no shortage of websites you can go to where you can put in THC percentage and CBD percentage of your cannabis and it will spit out for you how much THC is going to be in your oil. Jeff, the 420 chef has a great one on his website. So the calculator will give you a sense when you put in how much of this percentage of cannabis you put with this amount of oil, it will tell you what your THC percentage of your oil is going to be in the end. So what I tell people to do is mix the oil and the cannabis together in a mason jar and then put it in a water bath in a crock pot. If you don't have one, you can pick them up anywhere. They're always at thrift stores and put it in a water bath with the lid on it in the crock pot. Put the crock pot on low for about four hours. And, you know, what this will do is it will make sure that you don't burn your oil because the worst, well, the second worst thing that can happen is, is the first thing is that you eat too much. But the second worst is that you burn really expensive cannabis trying to make this. So this will keep it so that it will do what it needs to do. You can stir it a couple of times, but it won't burn it. And then after four hours, you strain out the cannabis and then you've got your oil. And then you just go ahead and use that oil in what?
whatever you want, basically, right? Yes, exactly. What I always recommend that people do is go ahead and bioassay or, you know, try their oil on themselves. Again, just the teeniest, tiniest bit, like the, the size of your thumb. So you can find out how strong that oil is and how it affects you. I like to write down, you know, I like to keep a journal. So I use this strain and this, you know, and I kept it for this long. And, you know, then it's just, it's, I'm just kind of in it. And I felt like so, so, so. And then, you know, then you can start to realize, you know, you can start to really figure out your own kind of, you know, combinations and which strains work well for you and all of that. It's a process, but it's a fun process. For many, cooking with cannabis started as something very personal, but then it turned into something professional. And like most sectors in the cannabis industry, there's really an enormous amount of opportunity for foodies who want to get in and participate at this career level. To find out more, we spoke with Jeff Danzer, who is better known by his cannabis persona, Jeff the 420 Chef. I've known Jeff for years now, and he's actually got a cannabis and cooking video series right here on Green Flower. But beyond that, it's been so fun to watch Jeff build his cannabis and food businesses into something powerful. In addition to writing a great book called The 420 Gourmet, Jeff regularly caters cannabis meals at big and small events around the country. We've actually even hired him a few times. And now he's also developing a line of unique cannabis cooking products that include tasteless infused oils and much more. So, Jeff, can you share with me how you got into the business of cooking with cannabis? Yeah, I'll tell you, it was pretty much almost accidental. Um, I had a family member and a, a friend of ours both came down with, you know, unfortunately cancer. It was about six years ago and they had gotten medical recommendations for cannabis to help them, you know, through what they were going through, but they didn't want to smoke. They didn't want to vape. They love my cookies. You know, I was making cookies already for people. And uh, they said, why don't you just like make these cookies with cannabis? And I did. And I will tell you that the cookies were pretty terrible at the time, but we knew that they helped. Right. And they had asked me, you know, they both challenged me. They said, listen, if you could take out that cannabis taste or that weedy taste, this would just be so much better. So I took the challenge seriously and it took me about a year and a half, but I figured out how to take out the cannabis taste from my edibles. Wow. And from there, word spread. I started doing small dinner parties and then all of a sudden they became larger dinner parties and all of a sudden they became celebrity dinner parties. And before oh. I knew it, I was, you know, one of the top cannabis chefs out there really doing, you know, a lot of cannabis catering. I mean, the largest event we did was uh, the NorCal Cannabis Cuisine about a year and a half ago uh, up in Sonoma for 200 people. Amazing. Yeah. And of course, I've been to many of these events. Actually, we, we've hired you for events too. So I'm a huge fan. And I think, you know, it's it's always interesting to see the evolution of how these specialties in cannabis grow. And so started with events, you know, both small private events, but also larger events. But it's continued to evolve for you from a business standpoint. And so talk a little bit more about some of the other things you have going on that revolve around cannabis and food. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I mean, it's been catering for a long time. And, you know, just recently, one of my uh, biggest dreams is about to come true. We were just a Awarded one of the very coveted licenses in West Hollywood to open up a cannabis edibles lounge. So in so January cool. 2020, we're going to be opening the Budberry Lounge with Jeff the 420 Chef, which will be an infused edible experience. Basically, we'll have an adult use retail store alongside a restaurant, and that restaurant will serve wake and bake fare in the morning, light lunch fare in the afternoon, and then for dinner and you know evening, we'll have our infused drinks alongside, and of course they'll be non-alcoholic. You know, alongside lounge and 
Asian dinner fair. We've got a really cool space. It's almost like an urban jungle in the midst of Los Angeles and West Hollywood. Um, it's an experience that you want to go to and never leave. It's amazing. And I think it really shows you the opportunities that are starting to develop and the almost creative imagination that you can explore when you start to bring these two worlds together. And so I'd love to ask you that specifically. You know, lots of chefs, lots of food makers, lots of people are very interested in cannabis. And so there's catering. There's certainly the idea of opening up a restaurant. Do you see other opportunities for people in food to get involved in the business side? Yes. You know, I feel that, you know, if you're really good at what you do, especially, you know, as a chef or as, as a baker, or, you know, pastry chef, um, there's so much that you can do. All you have to learn is the infusion technique that you want to use in order to infuse your product, learn proper dosing to make sure that you're offering consistent experience to your guests and to make sure that that experience is a really good experience. And also, I think, you know, once you understand the plant, you really have to respect the plant. It's a very serious ingredient and it's also an herbal medicine. Mm -hmm. But once you understand that and understand how to work with it, really this world is completely open because we're just now coming up with new things that have never existed before in this world, in the culinary world. So, you know, you can do a lot with it if you are good at what you do and if you have a passion for it. And what about on the product side? You know, first off, do you have any products that are in development? And then secondarily, you know, if other food people are listening to this and they're thinking about products, you know, what kind of words of wisdom do you have? Okay, I am so glad you asked that question. We actually are redefining the cannabis consumption experience, um, not only, you know, when it comes to smokables, but also edibles. On the smokable side, we have uh, odorless cannabis that's flavored. So, you know, we have, for example, lavender and cool mint and clove. So it'll taste like that flavor, but when you blow out the smoke, there's no odor. But on the edible side, what we're doing is we're really taking the plant and in a way reimagining it. So, you know, if you understand what decarboxylization means, you know, and you actually are activating the actual plant matter, um, what we've been able to do through a proprietary process, and it's now patent pending actually, is we've been able to remove all the taste from the plant. But what that does is it renders the bud as almost like a sponge that has no odor and no flavor. But similar to the way you, if you put a banana in a bag next to a piece of bread, that piece of bread will absorb the odor and taste of a banana. Mm. The same thing with this cannabis is called free leaf. And what it is, is if you put any odor of flavor next to it, it will absorb that flavor. So now we have oregano, we have thyme, we have basil, we have rosemary, we have all these different herbs that you could use in place of the actual herb and you'll get the same taste. However, it's going to be infused. So in our lounge, we're going to have really unique products. You'll be able to purchase these as well. Um, but they're basically culinary cannabis herbs. So cool. And so what's your advice to people who might be listening to this and saying, you know, I'd love to develop some cannabis food products. Get creative. You know, I mean, really, this plant has so much potential. You know, we're just now creating drink syrups and powders and all these different things that you never thought you can get from the plant. You know, now we've got water soluble drink mixes. You can actually mix these little powders into water and have your five milligrams of cannabis just by making some fruit punch. So if you are a culinary scientist or if you understand how manufacturing culinary products work, you can come up with so many different products. And there are already a lot of them out there as a matter effect. But keep going because this business is just now starting to grow. It really kind of stimulates the imagination when you start thinking about how many different kinds of modalities cannabis could be infused into from a food perspective. What impact would you say being in the cannabis industry has had on your life? The cannabis industry has changed my life beyond, I can't even, I can't even begin to explain 
planet. I have brought things into this world that have never existed before and have become an inventor um, that I never thought I would become. I mean, if you ask me even 10 years ago, if I would be a cannabis chef inventing, you know, odorless cannabis or cannabis, you know, that you could actually eat that tasted like oregano. I mean, I would be like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But it literally has changed my life. I mean, I love, love, love what I do. I love being that person that's putting these things out there into the world that have never existed before. Um, It's just so it's thrilling on, you know, on one hand and on the other side is daunting because it's like, wow, look at what we're bringing into this world and how do we get it out to everybody, especially within, you know, today's regulatory climate. So, you know, there's a lot you learn. It's a brand new business. I can tell you that I feel like a novice in many of the business aspects, you know, I mean, doing business in cannabis is not like doing business in marketing and and, uh, fashion like I used to. It's really, it's a whole new world, but it's been an amazing new world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Sometimes, you just don't want to go out. But you still need food, or drinks, or even Tylenol. And that's where Postmates comes in. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, or whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and even traditional retailers that you could want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. Heck, you don't even have to know where the store is because Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free, browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app using the code FLOWERNATION. That's FLOWERNATION for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app today. Anything you need, anytime you need it. Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code FLOWERNATION. Now that cannabis is becoming more accepted and mainstream, It's exciting to watch people from all different backgrounds and walks of life start cooking with cannabis. Now, one of those stories that was inspiring and fun was Nate Craig, who actually unfortunately came to cannabis after being electrocuted at Wendy's and then in a bad car accident just a few months later. Damn, it's kind of a double whammy. But these experiences brought him to cannabis, and in particular, cooking with cannabis, which has actually transformed the quality of his life. So Nate, can you just explain to us how did you even come to cooking with cannabis? So I was looking for alternatives, basically so I could get an effect that was more of a body feel and for it to last through the night as well as an alternative to smoking. Essentially, it was staining my teeth a little bit. I was very self-conscious about that. So that's the crux of it. I just wanted to explore different options. And remind me again, I believe that the reason you came to cannabis in the first place was some kind of challenging life circumstances, right? What, what happened? So when I was just at the end of my 17th year, I was electrocuted working at a Wendy's by the frosting machine. And two months later, I was in a pretty severe car accident. So that put me in a a health situation where I was really looking for something to help nausea and pain. And that's really where um, 
my journey with cannabis started. I had a nurse recommend it to me who dealt with cancer patients and noticed that, you know, I wasn't keeping anything down and uh, it really solved the problems. It was wonderful. And that's how you then started to explore different ways of ingesting. You started smoking and then you kind of fed into cooking. Absolutely. Back in uh, 2000, 2001 is when I started smoking. And about four or five months into that, just with a bit of research, I learned that if I ate it, it would last through the night. I'd get a better effect in the body, essentially. So that's exactly what happened. I was able to sleep through the night and it actually calmed down a lot of my pain. It didn't kill it necessarily, but it reduced it substantially. And so you started this process of cooking with cannabis and how did that go when you first began? Did you enjoy it? Was it challenging? Did you make a bunch of mistakes? Like what was it like in the beginning? Well, it's interesting. So my first couple times cooking with it, I was actually quite lucky. I used oil and I infused it into butter and made brownies. Uh, the second time I made tacos and uh, just infused the oil directly into the, the, the fat from the taco meat. The mistake that I made was making probably about two liters of olive oil that I infused because I heard it was great to infuse. The problem is, is I don't have that great of a palate for olive oil. It's not that appetizing to me. So I essentially had quite a lot of medicine that I'd wasted and couldn't use at the rate that I was actually hoping to use it. So as you've started learning to cook with cannabis, are there certain oils or fats that you found you really like working with the most? Absolutely. So there's two that I'd prefer to go with, and that's coconut oil or MCT oil. And the reason being the dosing is very simple. You can either put a little bit or a lot, and it's a known amount in a certain amount of oil. And then when you translate that into your food, it's very easy to tell you or understand how much you're accustomed to using or what your, your best dose is. So it's easy to start slow if you need to. And it's also easy to really pack in the cannabinoids so you can have a potent brownie and or chocolate and just have to eat one instead of, you know, a whole box. And are you saying that this is, I'm a little naive. Are you saying that that MCT and coconut oil is better because it actually absorbs more of the cannabinoids and that's why it gives you a more potent dose or what is it that actually makes it more potent? It really seems to. So my favorite way of infusing, say, coconut oil is to use a crock pot and, and use the traditional butter method where you use water, the plant material and your oil and boil it for several hours and change the water over a couple times. And what you get out of that is a really clean tasting final product instead of having something that's really chlorophyll tasting or many of the other things that just aren't palatable in, that happen to come out of cannabis. Yeah, I think that's probably actually one of the biggest complaints you hear when people are cooking with cannabis is like, oh, it just tastes like weed. So what are some of the ways you've discovered to make it more palatable? So a lot of the different things, it's sort of flavor profiles that you choose. It can get a little bit nutty. And the, the thing is, like when you cook it, especially if you decarboxylate it, what you can do is you could have like chocolate is a great flavor of masking. Hazelnut's a wonderful flavor to mask. Chocolate mint fudge is one of my favorite things to make because you can then take doses, coat them in chocolate, and that lasts for quite a long time in the freezer because there's no way of the fudge really drying out. Mm. And you can just take a few balls out of the freezer whenever you want and you're good to go. That's one thing to keep in mind when you're, you're, you're cooking with cannabis is you're going to have a pan of brownies that you're going to eat yourself. So it's, it's really good to choose something that you're willing to commit to, a recipe you've used before, you know is going to work out, and something that, you know, like don't use olive oil if you don't like olive oil. It's just it's common sense in a way, really. 
And also, I guess you could say that, you know, you need something that's stable enough you can keep it for a while because if you made a whole you know, thing of brownies and it goes bad in a few days, then, you know, there goes half of your medicine. Absolutely. And that's why something like chili or taco meat or poutine, you can kind of freeze those things in like, so say gravy, you can freeze in ice cubes and you can kind of get a really good dose that way. So yeah, it is best to choose something that you're not going to come back to say, fudge you've packed away and it's all freezer burnt because again you're going to be eating something you just don't want to eat what do you think the biggest misconceptions are around cooking with cannabis you know what i think people think that it's a lot more difficult than it is i actually talked to a lady at a bar the other day who was given cookies and had shake at home and i explained to her in about five minutes on a napkin how to make infused chocolate, basically. And what's really interesting is if you're using coconut oil, you can take a cup of chocolate chips, a couple of tablespoons of infused coconut oil, put it in the microwave, which you can't usually do with chocolate, for about 40 seconds to a minute, and pour that into silicone molds. And in 15 minutes, you have something that took you no effort and is perfectly dosed. People are intimidated by it. You're wasting in a lot of cases, you're risking a lot of money uh, if you've purchased the products and it's not something people just want to jump into. Yeah. Do you have any funny stories in cooking with cannabis over your time of doing it or, you know, kind of good learning lessons that you want to pass along? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a family story. (laughs) My own grandmother, actually, she actually was diagnosed with something that cannabis could help. And what's interesting is she had asked me for very specific directions on how to use the infused oil that I'd given her. The issue was she didn't follow those directions. After about two hours, she decided she was going to double the dose. Oh, no. And then two hours later, she actually doubled that dose. Oh, no. So she almost, (laughs) yeah, this, this poor lady took about four times the recommended dose and wasn't even through the four to six or eight hours that it would take to get through her system. And the overdosing of someone, um, what that does is it, it makes them never want to use it again. Yeah. And for somebody who's sick, that's a really important thing to be aware of. It can actually cause uh, psychological problems if people are overdosed on their first dose. I mean, it all depends on how it goes for them. The effects are lasting enough that people don't want to try it again. It really kind of, you know, breeds the message of why you just have to start slow and let it be the first or even second time. You know, whatever you take, let let that be okay until the experience is through that night and, you know, try it again the next day, don't you think? Yes, that's exactly what I recommend is you really need to ride it out and understand that, yeah, that might have not been enough, but it might have just not been enough. So you've been having this experience of cooking with cannabis now for some time. It seems like you're really passionate about it. How would you describe the way that cooking with cannabis has improved your life? So prior to cooking with cannabis, I could not sleep through the night. It just couldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. I'd get like three hours sleep. I'd often wake up getting sick. I have had very extensive nervous system injuries. So when I was able to sleep through the night, it changed my quality of life completely. I would wake up not as sick. I would be able to have a smoke, have an infused smoothie or coffee and be good until like one or two in the afternoon. And for me, that was it allowed me to start exercising. It unrolled that snowball that chronic pain can often create. 
so it's given me my life back. It's given me the ability to work. It's given me the confidence to have kids. I mean, it literally, cannabis alone has done so much for me, but learning to use it in different ways has given me my social life back, which is awesome. Such a beautiful story. Thanks so much for sharing, Nate. My pleasure. So what did we learn today? Well, we learned that cooking with cannabis is really fun. And it's a great way to ingest the plant because it's clean, it lasts a long time, and it provides a nice full body effect. And once you get educated, you might just find that cooking with cannabis becomes a brand new passion of yours. We've also learned that beyond being a valuable hobby, it's also a wide open career opportunity. Whether that means cooking for others, starting a cannabis and food company, or simply creating and developing innovative cannabis and food products and services. This is a brand new field, which means that there is lots of room to find your sweet spot and capitalize on this brand new market. And finally, we learn that cooking with cannabis can be a very powerful medicine that it can be helpful to manage chronic pain and even other debilitating ailments, and that cooking with cannabis can really give people back hope and inspiration. And finally, we learned that cooking with cannabis can also be a very powerful medicine, that it can be helpful in managing pain and really other debilitating ailments and conditions, and that cooking with cannabis can give people back a sense of hope and inspiration and even purpose in their lives. So really, now all that's left is for you to give it a try. Because I can tell you from my own direct personal experience, and of course everything that our guest said today, is that cooking with cannabis really is a ton of fun, a great experience, and an amazing way to enjoy cannabis. Now, let's turn the episode back to you, our Green Flower Nation listeners, to better understand the impact that cannabis has had on you or people in your life. Please go to green-flower.com forward slash nation to share your story and get some additional valuable support tools to help you on your cannabis journey. And if you like this episode, please rate it, share it, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For real, leaving a rating really helps more people to discover this show, so thanks for that. And make sure to tune in next week as we continue to explore the impact cannabis is having on our society today.